This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Hey there, good citizens of Gotham City. You are listening to The Dork Knight. For each episode, we discuss a different facet of The Batman. Today, we're going to be talking about the latest movie of The Batman. It's, I, I absolutely love it. We actually do this in two shows because uh, Brandon lost power mid-shows, so <laughs> it goes uh, goes a little awry mid, mid-show, mid uh, but we, we have an awesome conversation. And uh, with that, you know, today's episode is brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. As always, head on over to GetDeadly.com to get some amazing coffee flavors like Death by Chocolate, as you know, it's my favorite. Uh, chocolate raspberry if you don't like flavored coffee they have regular as well but it's a local roaster here in connecticut they make absolutely amazing coffee and speaking of amazing this show is also brought to you by the amazing dorkening podcast network head on over to thedorkening.com which you can check out some shows like throwdown thursday super retro throwback reviews retro red octopus still token with wicked horror show there's about 40 shows on my network. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. So head on over to thedorkening.com, but you can check all the latest episodes of all the shows right there. And without further ado, here's Batman. Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, let me get that recording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Dork Night. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe click that explicit button. <laughs> Just kidding. Not a buddies for life, right, John? <laughs> you can just go. Oh, <laughs> it's implied. Oh, heavily implied. Uh, which synopsis uh, was that? <laughs> the very first one I found on Google. Okay. It's right at the top of the page. I typed in the Batman synopsis. Boom. Batman ventures into Gotham City's underworld when a sadistic oh, yeah. killer leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues. As the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plans become clear, he must forge new relationships, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the metropolis of Gotham. Okay, we'll get this started. Uh, and uh, since you did it so well, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, we can point to you, good sir, to read it again if you want. Okay, sure. uh, yeah, okay. 
So, uh, hey, welcome to The Dork Knight. Today, we're going to be doing a very special look at the Batman movie with, uh, uh, this is not Batfleck, this is Robert Pattinson as a new Batman, so we're going to have a lot of fun with that. My name is Leo, I'm the monkey behind the keyboard, and as always, powerful Brandon. Hey, hey, what's uh, happening? Uh, we're talking about Batman, that's what's happening. Oh, it's almost like I was not listening to you the entire time you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> and ill-prepared with your shirt <laughs> uh and mr justin cooper i too have a batman shirt ah and uh i i do not i do not so uh for the people watching you, you can uh which we'll put the video up but uh if you're listening yeah, it's, just it's okay it's okay leo because yeah. you have batman in your hat <laughs> everybody gets one <laughs> everybody gets one tell them peter and apparently According to Spider-Man, uh, everybody gets one. <laughs> That's what he told me. <laughs> now, now say with great power comes great responsibility. With great power must also come great responsibility. I knew he was going to say that. That's yeah, right. fucking ain't right I am. I say it right. What is this, a Sam Raimi movie? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, I saw a post today about that. Uh, it was, Guys, uh, we didn't make it three minutes before I swore. <laughs> oh no one said you couldn't swore you know it's... i i know that i was trying to see like how long is it gonna be before i drop like an f-bomb or you know anything like that no it was like two minutes 48 seconds perfect <laughs> <laughs> that's where oh, wow. i live right there in that space <laughs> so uh it was a article talking about jessica jones and how like uh bat uh super uh not super Batman, Superman, duh. Uh, Spider-Man must live in her universe because I guess in one episode she goes, uh, if you're about to say uh, with the great power comes great responsibility, I'm going to beat the shit out of you or something like that. So uh, That is such a good show, by the way. Yeah. Why? She, why? She could have just been a big fan of Teen Wolf. Yeah, of course. Oh, Similar writer. Huh? Speaking That's of Teen Wolf. Wolf. Oh, Teen Wolf is the poor man Spider-Man, Leo. Oh, I know that, yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I love, I love His that father you says up. that. I, it, well, I don't remember because last time I watched it was on VHS. So it's, it's yeah, been a while. His, his father sits him down at the table and he's like, Listen you here. Can, uh, you, you can turn into a wolf. You can turn into a wolf, but you have to know when it's okay. Scott, you know, come out of the Scott, bathroom. Scott, <laughs> with great power, must come great responsibility. And, and uh, that's so perfect because that, that dovetails into this movie because uh, Jeff Loeb wrote that movie. Joseph Loeb the third. He also wrote Batman the Long Halloween. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this movie draws from a big portion of Long Halloween, which is still uh, my favorite Batman story. So uh, before we get into that, uh, Brandon, would you like to read the synopsis? I would love nothing more, Leo. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Ahem, ahem. Here we go. Batman ventures into Gotham City's underworld when a sadistic killer leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues. As the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plans become clear, he must forge new relationships, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the metropolis of Gotham. Awesome. So, Story uh, at 11. <laughs> going through IMDb, uh, obviously, this is directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, writers, it it's, uh, says Matt Reeves, Peter Craig, and Bill Finger, Batman credited by or created. He wrote the story from beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> 
It had uh, ghosts like Low Scoob. I think the writer's room is haunted. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, opening weekend, it made $134 million in 4,417 theaters. Came out March 4th, 2022. And so far has grossed worldwide $737 million. Yeah, they got my money. That's for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Sa- same here. And uh, yep. Brandon, you saw it at theater as well. Yes, I, I saw it on March 4th. <laughs> I I had the day off from work and I went to go see it at noontime. It was magnificent. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Was that or was that? No, it was fucking great. I oh, listen, okay. listen. I I am a conundrum. I all right, like it is a it is just a quandary whenever I walk into a fucking movie theater. Right? I love movies, but I hate people. I mean, like I like people, <laughs> but I just don't like. I hate large you don't groups like, of like them. Or, yeah, like I don't want. I'm, I'm like I'm not like a misanthrope per se, but I'm definitely like. I try to be as curmudgeonly as possible. People just bother me. And I don't mean like, oh, I see what they do and it bugs me. No, I mean like they personally walk up to me and bother me. I have what is called the world's worst superpower. For oh, some yeah. reason, yep. people just walk up to me and start they, – they just fucking start telling me their life story, everything. They see <laughs> me and they're like, that fucking guy right there, he's the one that gets it. And maybe I do, but you skip the part where I fucking care because I don't. <laughs> but I'm also I was also raised in such a repressed Catholic household that I feel bad about not caring. So I just stand there and let them talk. <laughs> so it's easier for me to avoid people than it is for me to tell them off when I don't know them. at you all. You need to just look at them next time and be like four Hail Marys and an Our Father. You know, it's it's but when I went at noontime on the day it came out, there was me and like three other people because it was so early in the day. And those other three people sat in the like towards the front of the, the screen, like a bunch of fucking psychopaths. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it is. It's real weird. Like, like, why would you that... choose to sit that close? No, you're clue. hiding something. I was literally in the, the furthest seat you could get. Yeah. <laughs> If they say, if somebody else fire in that theater, I am the first fat fucker out. Like it's that simple. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great. I I honestly like I give this movie fucking ten out of ten. Oh um, hell yeah! Personally, oh wow, yeah, yeah, wow indeed. Because I am not, I'm not like a big Batman film fan. Like I like some Batman movies, but at the same time, like. Do like I don't know that we really need to refocus our energies on like more Batman films. Like I'm glad that this came out; it was really good. But could we just like kind of take some of that and push it towards other characters that could use some love? You know, they're like Batman makes money. I'm like, yeah, because he's the one that made money once, and you keep fucking throwing it at him. If you actually put that amount of effort into something else then you might see good results there like the effort and that's the thing not the not just the money the effort because you can throw money at something and have have it still be absolutely mediocre and piss poor i'm looking at you green lantern <laughs> well yeah I, there was I mean, definitely some money in that one <laughs> yeah. yeah lots of money and plenty of talent but rudderless execution 
may have been the last time we saw or heard from Jeffrey Rush, too. I hope someone's checked on him since. <laughs> no, wasn't the King's Speech after that movie? I will never watch that movie, so I don't know. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like it it just doesn't come across as something that's very interesting to me. And so um, good, <laughs> along, yeah. along the lines of like something also with, with Jane Austen or like Pride and Prejudice and all that. It's oh. just like I no, don't it's so, want any part it's of it. It's so far from from any us. I, I know any, the story. I know who's in it and all that. Oh, no, no I'm just saying like. The story in, of the stuttering prince and all that. And I'm like, yeah, but. Actually, but, it's it, it's it's not really so much the story of the stuttering prince so much as it is just like the story of this guy and the prince working together uh, because like you find stuff out about the, the character that Jeffrey Rush is playing that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising, especially considering how the prince was brought to him, like how he was, he was guided to him. Uh, and especially the fact that even in the movie, uh, the character is Australian, which Jeffrey Rush is also. Uh, and, kind of interesting to note that especially back then like kind of some people were taking issue with the fact that it was an australian speech therapist who was trying to help the prince get over a stutter um but honestly like for the performances alone well worth it jeffrey rush and colin firth are really really good in it and um honestly i i think it might be like the cutest i've ever found helena bottom carter which is fucking bananas because she you know like you wouldn't think that her playing like Big Fish better than Big Fish. Um, parts of Big Fish. <laughs> parts of Big Fish. Parts okay. of Big Fish. Because there's, um, there's that, and there's um, and there's obviously Fight Club, but I wouldn't say she was like, mm, yeah, you know. Did you know that a lot of the times that it showed smoke coming out of her mouth and from the cigarette in Fight Club, it was actually uh, digitally rendered. Interesting. Yeah, I I did not know that, which kind of disheartened me because the shot of her like slowly exhaling the smoke when uh, Jack, for lack of a, a, a name, you know, the, uh, Ed yep. Norton's character, when Jack first sees her at one of the support groups and he sees her slowly smoking the cigarette and the smoke's just like coming out and trailing up and everything. It's a slow motion uh, camera move up. It is such a fucking beautifully composed shot. Yeah. And I found out that I found out that the smoke was all fucking digitally inserted. And I was like, what? I mean, that's cool because it was seamless and I never would have guessed that. But also, damn, man, like that just dashes hopes. Like I'm at, you, you see something like that as a kid. I was, you know, I was in high school and I was like, I would love to to make a shot like that and to find out like, no, even they didn't make a fucking shot like that. Like, oh, we'll fix it in post. Oh, they actually meant it this time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that and the whole acid thing on the hand. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I get you. I get you. It's just, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I would much rather watch a movie like this or even like Green Lantern because I, I think that despite the problems that it has, uh, Green Lantern's actually watchable. It's not great, but it has some pretty fun parts to it. And yeah. Um, especially like the part on Oa where they start off and you've got Tomar Ray and he's doing like those concentric green rings. That's beautiful. That is a beautiful, beautiful CGI rendering that they did. Yeah. And in any scene that had Kilowog in it, I'm in Sinestro. I'm all about. I mean, I, I can, I completely understand that, but I mean, if, you know, we're talking about like movies like this or green lantern, you know, that you prefer to watch it. Not a problem. You know, everybody, everybody has their own thing. Um, but Green Lantern for me, uh, 
certainly as a curiosity, I think it's it's rewatchable. Um, the last time I watched it was with a few friends of mine, and one of them had not seen it, and I had given them the caveat beforehand. Um, these are my more horror-inclined friends, so I, I put it to them like this. Listen, man, you're going to watch this movie, and I'm just going to let you know right up front, it doesn't know what kind of fucking movie it wants. Yeah, that to is be. true. And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Listen, this movie did not know if it wanted to be a sci-fi actioner, a th- just a full-on goofy superhero movie, or a fucking David Cronenberg body horror flick." That is, uh, yeah, that's. You are literally getting like three different movies in that movie with the same players, and it is fucking jarring. Everything that happens with Hector Hammond in that movie is pure Cronenberg. I I feel like he was the poorest choice that they could have made in terms of villains. It makes me think of like Peter Sarsgaard. Whenever I think of him now, because of the show The Good Place, there's a character on it who is constantly dropping names. Tahani Al Jamil is her name. Jamila Jamil. And at one point she goes, oh. I haven't been this exhausted since I split a Xanax with Peter Sarsgaard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and, I mean, it's like his father in the movie was Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins? (laughs) I would never believe that Tim Robbins was... No. Peter Sarsgaard's dad, you know? No, like, no, yeah, maybe Stellan Sarsgaard. But... I would have rather seen Tim Robbins play fucking Hector Hammond than... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, human, and I... The human quaalude that is Peter Sarsgaard. I, I see Peter Sarsgaard from the movie Lovelace. If you had seen that with uh, Amanda Seyfried, that's where I see him. I'm like, he's a scumbag porn guy. <laughs> you know? And then you see him as Hector Hammond. You're like, we're almost there. Nice yeah. mustache. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool mullet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to try to reel us back in here, bringing us back to Batman. And I agree. Green Lantern is, is watchable. I, 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 you know, I, yeah. Taika well, yeah, I mean, if you have fucking eyeballs, anything is possible. <laughs> oh, this is this uh, is that section where, where uh, Brandon asks, I got nipples. Can you milk me, Greg? Yes. <laughs> uh, so so uh, the top cast, we're looking at Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne or the Batman. And, uh, you know, when it was first announced, Bruce Wayne is Batman. <gasps> spoiler. I got to put the spoiler tag. Yeah, I put the spoiler uh, tag, bro. You know, I admit when I first heard, you know, same thing when Ben Affleck, you know, you, you get that jarring, like, you know, uh, like, like, wait, him as Batman. And then you hear all the people, oh, Sparkle Batman or, uh, yeah, it's, um, but. See, I learned my lesson from Ben Affleck's casting as Batman. And and when I say I learned my lesson, I don't mean like. I finally saw like Batman versus Superman and I was like, Oh shit. Like he, he was awesome. Cause I do think he was, I, I do think oh, he was Affleck a great was, Batman. Was yeah. Phenomenal. He's top um, three now. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, I learned, I learned my lesson within 24 hours of Ben Affleck being announced that day that he was announced as playing Batman. I remember specifically, I was not able to use my phone or get to the internet until the evening. And I, I can't, I can't remember what I was doing, but I, I remember like, I, I, I might've been like working a horse show, like setting up horse jumps or whatever. Um, but you know, just physical labor. So I'm so like, I can't specific. <laughs> I know. Well, it was a weirdly specific time in my life, bro. Okay. I, I don't know what to All tell right. you. And, um, 
but like I could, you know, it was like doing physical shit. And so I, like, I wasn't gonna have my phone out. I had it like put in my bag somewhere and I wasn't worried about it. I'm like, yeah, the only person that needs to reach me is my, my wife. And you know, she's fine, <laughs> you know? Um, but I came, I came to Facebook and saw like all kinds of shit about Ben Affleck is Batman. I was like, what the fuck? And I, I go to Google and I check out all the, all the news outlets reporting it. And I come back and it pops up in my memories every year. Um, I was like, what the fuck internet? I leave you alone for a few hours. I come back and you made Ben Affleck Batman. Come on. <laughs> uh, and on the heels of that, I posted, Oh, did you hear who's going to be playing Batman in the next movie? That asshole from fashionable male. <laughs> and, uh, only, yeah. Only like five people got that one, uh, which, which was, it saddened me even more. Cause I actually put hashtag the butt, the butt man adventures. That is the comic book, the fake comic book at the beginning of Mallrats that his character is in is the Buttman Adventures. So I was like, yep. that's just perfect. You couldn't have written that any better. <laughs> um, but I sat down and I really thought about it. I talked with my brother a bit and we both came to the realization at that point in time, especially we're like, you know what? I think we may be giving Ben Affleck a little bit too much of a hard time on this. You know, this is not the same guy that was in like phantoms. This is a guy who kind of went away from the big blockbuster stuff for a while, reassessed, started doing stuff behind the camera. He tempered him, him, his own experiences. And now he's coming back to do this. And, you know, he's probably going to take it really seriously and, and, you know, just like, you know, bust this one out. And, you know, maybe we should also just take stock of the fact that, you know what? Ben Affleck is a really talented writer and director. I think we may have misjudged whose contributions were large and in charge for Goodwill Hunting, which won him an Oscar. We always used to assume that it was Matt Damon doing like the bulk of the writing and Ben Affleck, you know, like the family guy joke, like, he, you know, Ben Affleck's just on a couch behind him and he, he's like, see, I just did that. You can put that in the script. I, I helped, you know. And, wait, you're uh, gonna be the king of England. And maybe like, oh wait, that happened, but it was France. Maybe that wasn't really the case, considering that since those years, Ben Affleck is the one that's shown a propensity towards writing and filmmaking, whereas Matt Damon is the one that has continued performing. You know, I can't help but think that and growing we, potatoes. And growing potatoes on Mars. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm gonna science the shit out of this. And but like <laughs> I think I think we all maybe need Doesn't to he like, say he's Batman at one point. <laughs> does he? In in the Martian? I don't know. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I think I think it, it called for a reassessment altogether. And uh so that first twenty four hours where he was announced, like it was really like a strange whirlwind for me. And uh I kept defending him uh after that point. Like I, I popped up and I was like, Yeah, you know what? I I, I was wrong. I think he's going to do a good job. And then, of course, the Batfleck joke started coming. And um, the same thing happened shortly thereafter when they announced Gal Gadot as being cast as Wonder Woman. People were like, oh, my God, she's too skinny. She's blah, blah, blah. Like this, that, and the other thing. She doesn't have, like, the, the right color eyes and this, that, and the other thing. And then like, wow, a that's- lot of... That's oh so yeah, I'm off. Border, <laughs> bordering bordering from the superficial to the out and out like like racist basically like everything from like oh she should have blue eyes uh, she should have larger breasts 
uh, to like, oh, well, you know, isn't she like from Israel? Like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck is your point there? I mean, newsflash for anybody listening and watching, um, you know, if, if you're locked into the idea of like Linda Carter as Wonder Woman and you're like blue eyes, dark hair, large bust, long legs and all that jazz. And, you know, it's going to be like a <laughs> oh, li- slow down <laughs> and a li- a li- lily, like lily white. Um, Linda Carter is not white. Linda Carter is biracial. Her mother is from Mexico. She is she is half Mexican. And that seems to be something that a lot of people tend to forget when they're talking about her playing the character, you know? So there's a precedent set that guess what? Whoever plays wonder woman, she doesn't need to be some fucking waspy chick from Virginia or whatever. You know, it's, you know, her, her mother's name was like Juanita. I I can't even, I can't remember. Cordova. Juanita Cordova was her mother's name. Um, but yeah, like people started freaking oh. out about Gal Gadot. What? Well, no, I was just gonna say uh, people are idiots because it was, yeah. uh, like uh, Rami Malek. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, people were complaining that he was playing an Egyptian, and he is an Egyptian. Egyptian, I know. Yeah, that, fucking weird. Yeah, you know, people complained that he was cast as Freddie Mercury, but Freddie Mercury was from fucking Zanzibar. Like that's yeah. it's his heritage. Like it's not that far off. Stupid. Anyway, um, but Gal Gadot, like, and that's what acting is pretending yeah. to be someone else. And that's, and that's what I was going to say is like, you know, I, I, my, I stress, like you saw what you've seen, what Zack Snyder does for the performers in his movies, like 300 and, you know, uh, Henry Cavill in man of steel, he mm-hmm. takes his principal cast and makes them into what looks like a real life superhero. So please believe that if Gal Gadot got cast as wonder woman, She's going to put on some muscle weight and they will make sure that she looks like Wonder Woman by the time she's on screen. And boy, oh boy, did she look like fucking Wonder Woman when she was on screen. Totally. Like Wonder Woman, the movie as directed by Patty Jenkins is definitely like one of the shining beacons of the movies that DC has done. So job well done on on casting her and and having the actor put the work into physically embody them robert pattinson like you said justin he's an actor for anybody out there who's like oh great he's gonna sparkle like he does in twilight hey morons you realize that twilight and batman are two different fucking things right (laughs) mutually exclusive not even close you know and like like leo said they are actors just because an actor plays a part in one thing doesn't mean they're going to play their next part the same way Christian Bale was in The Machinist, and then he was in Batman Begins. Christian should Bale I... is, is just insane, anyway. But should <laughs> but should... <laughs> there's there's that whole argument about method actors and all that, and um, I think I think he's he's probably just as guilty as Leto. Uh and Brandon is frozen. Uh, that I gotta take a picture of that because that's hilarious. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah, he got hit with Mister Freeze's gun. I know. So uh, while we wait for him to come back, uh, so uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson as uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, Catwoman. 
Jeffrey Wright as uh, James Gordon, which uh, all these actors did a phenomenal job. Colin Farrell as Penguin. Holy crap. Absolute standout of this film. Yep. Yep. Totally. Um, well, he, he is definitely a standout, but Paul Dano as the Paul Riddler. Dano, yep. Great. Oh, my God. Was he incredible? Yeah, he, he was great. And um, I mean, it's like I don't think I've seen him play in so many things where it's like he's overexposed. He's just the right amount of uh, famous to take this role. Yeah. And it's like, OK, I knew him from a couple things. And I'm sure Brandon will tell you about like how like we, we each loved him in uh, The Girl Next Door, you know. But um, yeah, Dano was good. He was a really good choice. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned it before the show, uh, John Totoro as Carmine Falcone. Yeah. You almost forget, too, because it's like he plays this undercurrent of of Carmine, who is, you know, the 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 big gangster in, in the in the area. And um, was it um, I was trying to think who Eric Roberts played in The Dark Knight. He was Maroney, right? Yes. Yeah. So he yep. was he was the other one. So Carmine was uh, uh, Tom Wilkinson in that one. Very different way that they played it but john Turturro was just great he was he was dark and menacing and like just like the revelations about the character when you find out how he intertwines with everybody else it's like you you had this icky feeling every time he came on screen it was uh, fantastic yeah. and, and totally different from other characters he's played like in transformers you know <laughs> yeah transformers or or jesus from uh from big lebowski yeah 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 uh, is definitely uh you know and i mean you think about it too it's like this is also uh what was it knish from uh rounders you know so <laughs> he just like like literally it gave me this this flesh crawling feeling every time he's on he's like oh i remember the way you looked at me when i sat on your dad's desk well he pulled a bullet out of my side and i'm like holy shit yeah. <laughs> you, know? And, and, you know uh speaking about that i mean literally taken from uh uh long halloween mm -hmm. um oh and uh andy circus is alfred um oh yeah well, I needed more of that. Yeah. yeah in all yeah. seriousness, like if I had one complaint in this three hour movie is that I did not get it. Well, besides the three hour length is that um, I did not get enough Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely needed more of that. But, you know, the success of this movie, obviously, we're going to get a sequel. Um, Are but, they doing a sequel? I, I actually hadn't heard anything on it yet. Um, well, there's, there's talk. I mean, Matt Reeves is, is saying that, you know, there could be possible, uh, possibly a Robin in the next movie. Um, there was talk about, you know, not having Joker, you know, um, and, and there's, there's you know, so many others that they could use that are good. Oh, totally. Well, and I mean the, the club itself, the, what is it? The 40 below club. What about the court of the owls? That would be cool. Yeah. But I mean, uh, 40 below that's, uh, I, I mean, obviously it's, uh, uh, is that Mr. Freeze's club? Uh, the iceberg or, lounge iceberg lounge. Yeah. Well, that, um, that's penguins. So penguin, uh, works there. Then he's kind of like the, the big fence in town and, uh, yeah, but I, I thought there was like in the comics, like a Mr. Freeze reference with, Oh, maybe, I, maybe. I, I, I don't recall that, but, um, it could yeah. be one of those Easter eggs. Yeah. Or I know in one of the games, uh, there's like, yeah, I could be totally misremembering something. Um, so with this, we're, we're definitely getting it's it's a year two Batman. 
Uh, he he's uh, you know making notes of all his his uh, you know outings. Um, he he's definitely learning from his mistakes. Um, Very similar to Bale in that um, Batman Begins, like when he's fallen off of uh, fire escapes and all that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, we talk about Bale's Batman, and that was, you know, supposed to be a more realistic Batman, but I found this a hell of a lot more realistic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's no Tumblr or anything like that. And you notice that they didn't focus a lot on the gadgets at all. No, not at all. And, and I mean, it's like he had like a grapnel in his in his uh, gloves. Like everything was like localized in the suit. So it wasn't like, oh, I've got to go in my utility belt and get this and I got to use this and all that. I mean, they didn't even really use batarangs all that often. No. You know, so it's like like super, super cut down to to the uh, like the, the core of the character. This guy is a detective. He's here to solve this crime because, you know, the police need help and because they need someone who's clearly outside of all the corruption. So that's that's like at the core of the character. When we go back to, you know, on this very podcast, we're covering the very beginning of the character, Detective 27, 28 and 29. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, it's definitely a Batman that, you know, it, it's uh, through the beginning of the movie and it, it definitely changes. But, you know, has the support of, you know, uh, Gordon, which uh, he's not commissioner yet, right? He was not. The, the, no. It's funny because the guy that they have playing the commissioner has that really high voice. And I had seen him in this movie and I'm like, where have I seen that guy? He plays a pirate on that uh, uh, our, our Flag Means Death show. You check that oh, out? Yet? Yes, yes, yes. Right. I started watching There's that. Yep. Captain, the Captain Blackbeard wants to speak with this. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, that's the guy <laughs> that was the commissioner. You yeah. know, that, I'm like, what? It's pretty insane, but I mean, yeah. like, there's there's not a dud in this cast at all, you know, like like from from everything, and I mean, Jeffrey Wright himself as as Gordon, you know, as James Gordon, you know, he's he's doing his thing, he's going against the grain, he's he's kind of like a rogue person out there, he's working with Batman because he knows what Batman has to offer to them, and he knows that he's the only chance he has to stop in this Riddler, but um, Je Jeffrey Wright in his own right is uh you know we just saw him as the watcher in the what if series and he does the voice of batman on the uh, hbo uh uh where they have the audio dramas oh yeah yep so it's, it's another batman connection there but you know I, I just thought he was fantastic i'm like this is exactly you know who we should have let's see uh, oh internet outage yep. looks like brandon just said internet outage okay um you know one thing that i and Again, it was realistic, but I found a little goofy. Um, but, you know, you fall back to the realism um, is flying across the city. Yeah, that was that was a, a weird choice. Like when he jumped off and he was doing kind of like the uh, like the free base jumping and, yeah. you know, he's in like the squirrel suit. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I guess they're going to show it. And it, it, it seemed to me they took every opportunity to recreate these Arkham games. And yep. that's that's a huge part of the games where you're doing that. So I, I think that that's what they were looking to hit, like those sort of like visual notes. And I mean, I, I don't really hold anything against the movie for that, but it's just like, all right, you know. Well, well, I mean, that was a big thing with with Ben Affleck's Batman is is that one scene in the warehouse where yeah. it felt like it was literally ripped from the games. Um, but this here, the whole movie, like 
you know me. I, I, I've fell in love with Lieber Mijo's art, mm-hmm. uh, specifically for Batman. And a whole, a lot of the movie felt like it was ripped from Lieber Mijo's art. Yeah. And, and the, the plot, doesn't it ring when you get to the end? It kind of rings true to the Batman Noel that we covered. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I found that too because I'm like, yeah, you start out and he's like this dark brooding figure. Then you get to the end and he's pretty much like Adam West Batman. You know, I'm like, I dig it, man. You know, if that's if that's where this is going and it's like, you know, he didn't he decided that he didn't want to be the type of person to scare children. And I'm like, that's that's something that's like Bale did that in in a way that he somewhat inspired a kid. But I mean, he inspired a kid, but, you know, not really, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but but this one, it's like, yeah, I'm going to like actively try to help people who are generally hurting and that big argument that they have with Batman where he just beats up on the mentally ill and all that. And, you know, he could be doing so much more to help the city. This tackles that at the end. And it's, it's such a pleasurable ending. Well, uh, yeah, I totally agree. 100%. And, you know, I think a lot of it is the whole thing is, is, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman learning from his mistakes and, you know, as he's taking notes of his exploits, but then learning like, you know, because he's in so much pain and just ignoring everything around him, you know, what happened to that orphanage, you know, and that caused the Riddler to, to essentially be, be born, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you see a large character growth, uh, with, with, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman himself, you know, isn't Uh, it funny too, that he spends the majority of this movie as Batman. Yes, which is very different than than like the uh, the Christopher Nolan one where you've got this huge build up where it's like Bruce Wayne doing this, doing that. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to go do ninja training and oh, I'm, I'm running away from this. And, you know, and then then it's like this one. It's like you start off as Batman. Ninety yeah. percent of this film is him in that Batman suit. And then you've got like the little bits where it's like he's Bruce Wayne. and He's going to do that. Those scenes are so powerful when he's not in character like in, in the costume and all that. So it's like, those are, are some of the more memorable scenes. Like when he goes to see uh, Carmine Falcone and he's talking to him and all that. And he's like, Oh, I expected this. I expected this day. And he drops, like, we don't have to revisit the whole origin of Batman, but they do it in this subtle way where he's like, Oh, by the way, you know, your, your dad was involved in this. And, you know, it turns out that's why he got killed. We're like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's like everything's kind of connected and you're like, this is, this was just really well written. Oh, uh, his entrance into the iceberg lounge where he had the, the, the first time where he enters as Batman. And then the next time where he enters as Bruce Wayne, you know, the two parallels, uh, just, that was amazing. And, uh, I really enjoyed how he's you know moving around a city you know like he'll move around as bruce wayne and he brings his suit in a back yeah you know that was very batman year one yeah you know kind of like how he's he was going in the disguise and i i found catwoman to be very batman year one which is awesome like the like i have zero complaints about her character like the way she was portrayed the way that she looked literally everything about it it's like i I could not pick something about her performance that I did not like. Yeah, totally agree. It, it, it's, uh, you know, this movie definitely hit all the notes. And, and 
I would say this is certainly my number one Batman movie. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm undecided on this because I, I haven't seen it enough where I, I want to make that decision because, you know, I, I really do like some of the others. But, you know, like in, in terms of like story wise, this one has the most the most impactful story. Yep. He's he has a task that he has to get done. And, and um, I mean, like like the Dark Knight has like some stuff, but it's like clearly like, oh, the Joker's doing this and all that. This one has a mystery that only Batman can solve. Like like with with all the stuff where he's going through with Alfred and and figuring out the codes to figure out where the next clue is going to be with Commissioner Gordon or with Jim Gordon and all that. You know, it's like that can't be done without Batman. And that's that's kind of what some of the other ones miss. Like the the first Batman gets that because it's like Batman figures out Joker's, you know, killing people with uh, cosmetics. So it's like that's that's an important piece. But then you get to like Batman Returns and it's like any yeah, like they would have eventually figured the shit out and killed like a whole bunch of robot penguins, you know. It's like... <laughs> well, I mean, you know, all the other Batman's are enjoyable in their own way, and it's it's oh, agreed. A, a lot of them are goofy, um, but I mean, as like a, a pure Batman movie, this this certainly hits all the notes. You know, we're, we're definitely uh, the story wise definitely ties into the comics. Uh, the uh, uh, the artisticness of it, um, the acting is spot on. Um, and the twist, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, hopefully everybody listening has uh, seen it already, but like the twist at the end with, with Paul Dano and he thought he was working with Batman when, you know, bat they meet and he's like Bruce Wayne and, uh, you know, you're like, oh, shit, he knows Bruce Wayne's Batman. But then it's like, you know, he's point pinpointing Bruce Wayne as the enemy, you know, and he thought he was working with Batman, you know, to, to take down these people because he thought Batman was like him. He thought Batman was raised in the orphanage with him. It's just just amazing. Um, what did you think of, of the uh including of Joker in this. Yeah. So that's, that's the big thing, um, you know, to include him or not. And Joker is someone that I feel can be overdone and can be underused and all that. I mean, we, we've just had a ton of Joker content, you know, wh whether it comes to, we just had the Snyder cut, we just had the movie in 2019, the Joker and all that. So he's got to be used sparingly. They use just enough to kind of tease to it where I, I think it's, it's a perfect amount, you know, um, it, he was out of focus. You couldn't really see him and it's a deleted scene, yeah. you know? So it's, it's not even, it's not even like a post credit. It's something that was just released afterwards to like drum up, you know, uh, more publicity for the film, which is fucking brilliant. You well, know, that's yeah. like a Marvel move. You know? oh, 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 totally. <laughs> well, I mean, he was included in the movie but it was just a much smaller scene. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm talking about the deleted scene where it's like you, you watch it and like, he's going to like ask Hannibal Lecter style questions. Exactly. Yeah. You know, And, and, it, and it's like, this is, that's, that's like the stuff that we want to see. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, if they would have included that, that would have definitely led you think to there being more like, you know, he steals the paperclip. And how he's making friends yeah. with, uh, uh, at the end, he, he's making friends with, he even calls uh, Riddler a friend. 
you know so um well they they see things similarly where it's like you you're going to remove your threats by killing them you know and and stuff like that and they're they're definitely unhinged individuals yeah and and um the way that you get into the character of the riddler is within the first five minutes of the movie you see him commit a murder and like you don't know anything about it it's like watching a law and order episode where you you see what happens so you go through you know what happens you know who the bad guy is starting out and batman's got to figure it out he's got to catch up with you but you see this like the modus operandi of like how he's going to it and he kills someone with like the hammer and all that so it's like you've got to figure your shit out as the viewer and be like well what's going on here i've seen the previews but you know, like, I, I'm not really sure because the way it's shot and all that. And it's it's pretty interesting the way that, that Reeves does this. It, it reminds me of, like, some of his other work because, I, I don't know, um, did you get a chance to watch Cloverfield or any of the Cloverfield? Yeah. Yep. So he did that one. He did Cloverfield and uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Cloverfield itself, I'm not a huge fan of, but it does have, like, those misdirection aspects to it where, you know, it's shot and there's, like, smoke and strobes and stuff like that and you're like you're not sure what's going on so so i really enjoyed cloverfield but so uh that came out when i was working in a data center and i was locked behind this big metal door all day and uh a lot of my time was just you know just watching servers so i was like scouring the internet and going down major rabbit holes and i landed on uh cloverfield and I started going down the rabbit hole of all these websites that they made. Uh, oh, the fake ones? The fake ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And trying to follow like you'd, you'd unlock these, uh, you know, little video clips and everything. So I was so sold on Cloverfield, you know. Um, yeah. I, I really like the sequel. Um, and I think the third is one of my least favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Actually, I, I haven't seen the second or third one. Oh, you haven't uh, seen 10 Cloverfield Lane? No. And a matter of fact, I, I was told that was not a Cloverfield movie until like after it was like made. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's it's good. Case, but, I, yeah. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's really good. Really good. John Goodman. And um, uh, what, what's her name? Uh, I, I want to say uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. But it's not her. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead from uh, Birds of Prey. Okay. All that. Uh, She's great in it. I, I do know it's directed by one of the hosts from the uh, Totally Rad Show. Did you ever watch that? Uh, totally Rad Show. I can't say that. I it doesn't ring a bell. Uh, uh, podcast that came out actually. Uh, it was in its prime when the first Cloverfield movie came out. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was. Uh, well, it was more of a video podcast show. Uh, but yeah, one of the hosts from that went into the movies, and now he's he's. Uh, uh, he's been growing some fame uh, as a director. Good. All right. Podcast yeah. guy goes good. You know, yeah, totally. uh, other other than, um, you know, like Kevin Smith, who kind of made podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, he, he interviewed Kevin Smith before Kevin Smith had his podcast. Oh, that's even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, Kevin Smith talks about it. Uh, he goes, you know, he's he's the one that told me about podcasts. And it was like, now he's this big director and. So, uh, yeah, that's all. Well, I, I don't know if you knew this, but Matt Reeves uh, is famous for writing uh, a sequel to a, um, a movie that uh, I'm sure you've seen because I think it's actually in your uh, video queue. But uh, Under Siege 2, um, Dark Terror. 
<laughs> with Steven Seagal, he actually wrote that movie. Uh, yeah, I don't care for Steven Seagal. I, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it, it's it's in my video list because somebody asked me for all the. Uh, I like um, the first one because of Jerry, Gary Busey. So <laughs> I'll say that, but uh, no. yeah. So Matt Reeves is also responsible oh. for that one. But um, as Brandon would tell you, uh, who is our our resident um, expert on Planet of the Apes, uh, Matt Reeves also wrote the uh, War for the Planet of the Apes and the um, was the the Dawn of the Planet of the or not the Dawn the the other one um, was it uh, the Age of the the last one? But um, he wrote those two, so. You know, and I mean, those were those were pretty big movies, too, that came out. So yeah. he's he's got these chops for these blockbusters. Totally. And I see uh, he's up for um, producing the Batman Caped Crusader TV series, um, which I, I'm excited to see that. But that doesn't come out till next year. So so we've had Gotham and we've had, you know, like some of the other ones like Smallville and stuff like that. Is this going to be like an actual Batman one? I, I believe it's animated. Yeah, it's animated. Oh, okay. Or it's yeah, animated. Uh, cool. animated and uh, I believe they have uh, Bruce Tim back. Oh, good. Yeah, then yeah. it'll be good. Yeah. Cool. Oh, totally. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. But um, getting back to the the Batman, um, I think the actual Batmobile was amazing. Um, yeah, I that was another thing it's like we didn't get such a great look at it but it, it just looked like a mustang with like a souped up uh like blue light engine in it and i'm like i'm sure we've seen like fancier cars elsewhere but again a stripped down batman who has like a real car but it's like a real badass muscle car still yep. really cool oh totally and it's something that you could see somebody actually making you know oh yeah um, <laughs> now what did you like he, he's all about fear, you know, and we definitely see that where Batman has uh, definitely been driving the fear into um, the the criminals. Uh, so like when they see the bat signal, a lot of them are like, oh, no, we're not doing anything tonight. Um, and then like we go into the first fight where, you know, you have those. Uh, um, uh, what are they called? My, my brain totally the twins. Uh, not the twins. Um, uh, they were just the punks that were like, um, yeah, yeah, somebody. yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, you gotta, you gotta. This is the one you gotta go uh, and beat up. Like, and, yeah. and it looked like a gang of jokers. Kind yep, of. exactly. Right. Yeah, and like uh, maybe straight out of uh, the Warriors and all that. With yeah, like half painted face, and yeah, you gotta, you gotta fight this guy. And um, that that was the one from the preview when we first saw Batman fight, and it's like he wrecks this guy. Oh, like, totally destroys this person you're just like oh my god not in like the worst ufc fight in the world have i seen <laughs> somebody get that utterly destroyed yeah and batman just does it and, and you're just like okay clearly this guy has some issues and, <laughs> and i think it's a brilliant way to film something too because you get you get like the brutality of batman in that where it's like by the end of the movie he's not that guy like yeah. he's capable of that yes but I don't think he's the same person that just like beat the shit out of this dude and left him in the street, you know? Well, exactly. I mean, we see the, the character growth, but uh, just to back up a little bit when they're looking into the darkness and you just hear his boots clomp. Yeah. It's so cool. It, very cool, but totally anti Batman, you know, where, where we're used to Batman as being 
uh, silent as a ninja, you know, and, and hiding in the shadows where he or coming down from above or something like that. Exactly. But he wants you to know he's coming at you, which is totally frightening, uh, but extremely kick ass. Yeah. And um, I, I was talking to Justin, my, my uh, co-host on Geek Life HQ about this because he just watched all the Batman movies in order. Oh, right? nice. So and he says each Batman movie borrows from the previous one so even when you get to you know batman and robin they're still pulling from the other ones and there's always a scene where batman comes out of the smoke you know where it's like there's nothing and then finally he emerges and then that's like the the surprise attack and that's like that's like that and like the bat punch you know where he just like throws that up and punches someone from like right behind him with his arm (laughs) <laughs> like those are the, like the big ones that that usually show up and i mean sure enough when you watch batman begins or when you watch dark knight or even dark knight rising you know that's that's the thing that shows up that's the scene so and um and you always have a batmobile pretty much right yeah you know it's like you, you got to have have those aspects and and then um a utility belt but we, we didn't really get much of the utility belt no we didn't um yeah. You know, definitely when it comes out on HBO, uh, I'm, I'm going to rewatch the hell out of it. And, you know, we'll probably have uh, another discussion about it, uh, especially with, you know. Yeah, I know Brandon wanted to talk about some stuff. Yeah. So so maybe we'll do a part two about this. Oh, that's um, a good idea. Yeah. I, I did want to mention something, Leo, about the music in this one, because okay. it was definitely, you know, it's it's different and it's stylized because they used a song from Nirvana called uh, Something in the Way from the Nevermind album. Right. And it's it's one of those things where it's like I knew I had heard this song before and I'm like, what what is this? But what Reeves did is brilliant because he appealed to his audience subconsciously and they took this music and this music is the underlying melody of the entire movie. It's like something in the way you know like that and you can hear it in the trailers you can hear it like just going all the way through the melody throughout the whole film and it's it's just like it's haunting it's it's just a really good way that they did it just taking the little snip of that nirvana song and and nirvana is so solidified in in the past of people who are now like in their 30s and 40s and like even even like like kids are wearing Nirvana shirts and stuff like that. So he made it so relevant by just doing that little piece. It was a friggin' brilliant move. Oh yeah, yeah. The the music was excellent. Um, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll end it here. And uh, unless Justin, you have any last words, but um, I think we'll do a part two with Brandon. Uh, and then maybe we take a deeper look when we have a chance to rewatch it on HBO um, as of uh, tie-ins to the comics. Uh, oh, great think, idea. Yeah. Yeah. We, like we know uh, definitely Long Halloween. Um, the the actual year two, I it has a year two feel. It's happening in year two, but I don't know what it takes from year two. It's been a while since I've read There's that. no Batgirl. I'll tell you that much. So no. <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty sure that was in year two and um, there's no Robin for sure. So, yeah. but um, I'm going to have to read up on year two. Maybe, maybe we'll have to cover year two before we get to our second part. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we haven't covered year one yet either. No, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I just I just found my issues of those. So because I, I had rebought it. And like, hey, same here. Yeah, it's uh, 
uh, during the pandemic, I was trying to help out my uh, local comic shop. And uh, yeah, the uh, I, I bought year one. Oh, I, I bought like five different covers of Batman 50, you know, the wedding issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, I just like, well, I got all this money. So what am I going to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry that Brandon couldn't make it, but we'll bring him back uh, when he has Internet. And uh, so, Justin, where do you like people interacting with you? Uh, check me out. You can check me out in the Splash Pages Comic Club. Um, that is uh, a dorkening website. It's uh, SplashPagesComicClub.com, I believe. You can check me out on Facebook. At, comic uh, Book Club. Comic Book Club. Yeah. Yep. You can check us out, uh, Epic Shells, which is a Facebook group. And uh, the new website, EpicTalesFromTheSewers.com. You can check that out. All about uh, everything Ninja Turtles and the uh, Turtles podcast. Woohoo! Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pine, you find a bunch of stuff, but more importantly, follow Justin. He's an awesome dude. And, uh, yeah, I run a dorking podcast network and, uh, we are building up, uh, splash pages, the comic book club, uh, website, also the group. Uh, and, uh, yeah, go, you know, we're trying to build up this, uh, this podcast. So go follow us all on the, uh, the socials. And, uh, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye.